It is Friday, September 11th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 1 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And new to our DFS podcast this year is Tyler Syracuse. Tyler, welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can't wait to get into it. Looking forward to Week 1. We will have some questions for Tyler in a minute. But first, let me tell you that this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. We did a full intro to Tyler at the top of our DraftKings podcast, which we streamed and recorded just before this one. Tyler, he's going to be providing GPP player picks for both DraftKings and FanDuel tournaments all season on DraftSharks.com for DS Insiders only. So even if you didn't join up for the preseason package, there's reason for you to sign up and come along for the regular season. Tyler. Besides the obvious of FanDuel using half PPR instead of full and skipping the yardage bonuses that you can find on DraftKings, what differs for you playing on FanDuel versus DraftKings? So with FanDuel, you have a $60,000 salary. And DraftKings, you have a $50,000 salary. So you obviously have more salary to spend. So a lot of times you can build all-star teams on FanDuel. I think that's why I've had a little more success on FanDuel. You have to make more uncomfortable plays on DraftKings, and I generally have a pretty good feel for which studs are going to go off in a given week. On FanDuel, I'll pretty much try to jam in three running backs that have a great chance uh, for 20-plus touches and a touchdown. So a lot of times I'm just picking the top three guys. So it'd be like picking McCaffrey, Kamara, and Josh Jacobs or, or Delvin Cook. And then I'm paying down at quarterback, paying down at tight end, and taking uh, wide receivers with high upside. And that's my general roster construction on FanDuel. It's been working very well, and I'm going to stick with that strategy. DraftKings is a little more tough because, like I said, you have to dig deep for value some weeks, and you have to pick guys that you're uncomfortable playing with. You know, you mentioned we mentioned on the last episode uh, of DraftKings picking guys like Jack Doyle and Jamison Crowder that aren't really options at all on FanDuel. The other thing is, um, obviously, touchdowns are more important since it is half PPR. So there's guys like Rob Gronkowski that are definitely in play on FanDuel, but probably not in play on DraftKings because we probably don't like him to you know, catch more than six balls for 50 yards. But we like his chances um, to score a touchdown because he's Tom Brady's guy, and, and that's what he does. He catches touchdowns. And then there's guys that are more DraftKings specific, like Julio, who struggles to play in the end zone but he's constantly a bunch of catches and 100 yards. So I think that's the big difference is, is there's FanDuel guys and there's, and there's DraftKings guys, and I think Gronk and Julio are kind of the perfect examples for, for each of the sites. Does your lineup build um, – you, you mentioned trying to jam in three running backs. Does it differ at all between cash games and GPP lineups here? It's going to differ a little bit, but I try to keep my running back player pool pretty tight. So I really want those guys that are going to be scoring 20-plus. Obviously, certain weeks we might have a starter that gets ruled out with the backup being a lock button. We saw that more in the past, but with FanDuel and DraftKings, they're starting to raise the floor of these backups. It might make it an actual decision for us. But 
generally I'm playing about four to six running backs and I just want the guys that are in good spots. How much does uh, ownership projections factor into that for you? Yeah. I mean, you're never really going to get a low owned running back. That's in a good spot. Like generally McCaffrey is going to be, you know, 25 to 30% owned, but ownership is important. Like we talked about on the last episode with Alvin Kamara, it looks like he's going to be low on this week and he's got a tough matchup on the ground, but he catches passes. So he's a guy that I'd like, I'd look to target in GPPs because we know he's going to get the volume and, you know, he can break the big plays. Like every year, we will not only be trying to help you win some money on FanDuel, but we will also be competing against each other on a weekly basis in the Shark Duel. That's where I showcase how not to build your cash game lineups and where Jared usually takes my money. This year, we're going to welcome Tyler in. He will take my money as well. Um, And hopefully between the three of us, you can find a good uh, cash game lineup for your weekend. We will show you who we're playing against each other in the free post for the podcast on DraftSharks.com come Saturday mornings. Right now, though, we're going to give out some of our favorite targets by position. Jared, why don't you hit us with a cash game quarterback first? Yeah, I have Drew Brees for this week. Um, I think one of the differences between FanDuel and DraftKings is the, the quarterback pricing on FanDuel tends to be more compact. So I think... You know, not always, but it makes sense more often on FanDuel to, to pay up for a top quarterback. So for me this week, I think Drew Brees at 8,100 um, definitely makes sense for cash. We know how good Brees is at home. He's averaged 327 passing yards, almost three touchdowns per game in 13 home games over the past two seasons. This game has a high over-under. The Saints have the fifth highest implied total on the main slate. So I think I think Brees at 8,100 bucks that there's enough to, to fit in around him where he makes sense for cash. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that can stop Drew Brees at home is players kneeling during the anthem. <laughs> right. Tyler, what do you have? I like the Falcons and the Seahawks game. So Russell Wilson or Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's probably safer just because we know that the Falcons love to throw the ball and we know the Seahawks love to run the ball. So I'd probably lean Matt Ryan and I kind of like him over Drew Brees, even though Drew Brees is projected to throw a lot as well in a good matchup. I just think the Seahawks-Falcons has a higher chance for a back-and-forth game. So I'd lean Matt Ryan over Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Really? You think that there's a better chance we get a shootout in Seattle-Atlanta than we do in Tampa Bay-New Orleans? Yeah, I just especially with Mike Evans banged up now, too, I, I think that game can be uh, a little slower. I think both teams are going to struggle to run the ball. And it's Tom Brady's first game, and, and all he's got is, is Chris Godwin and in a slow Gronkowski and Scotty Miller and Justin Watts. So, so I can see that game being a little more of a, a struggle than, than others do. Yeah. I think the defenses on both sides of that Bucks saints game are better than the defenses in uh, Seattle, Atlanta. I will say Russ would scare me in cash at 8,400 bucks. I just think his, his floor, because we know that volume can be so low sometimes his, his floor is a bit too low for me at that price for cash games. I agree with that. I think Drew Brees is also in play for GPPs. It doesn't look like he's going to have that high an ownership rate. And, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas are expensive options. You're probably stacking at least one of those guys with him. But you can differentiate a bit by considering Jared Cook at 5,900 at tight end. Emmanuel Sanders at 5,400 at wide receiver gives you some spending room to help make those two 8K players fit. Jared, what do you have at GPP? Gardner Minshew for me, 6700 bucks. He's one of the cheapest starting quarterbacks on FanDuel this week. Um, you know, we, we assume the Jags are going to be playing from behind. They're seven and a half point underdogs. That That's going to boost Minshew's passing volume. It's also likely going to 
boost his rushing upside. Um, Minshew averaged about 30 rushing yards per game in his seven losses last season. So that that's nice. And I do think there's passing upside here against a, a Colts secondary. I think the Colts defense is pretty good overall. I do think their secondary though is going to be beatable this season. I think DJ Chark is in for a big game and, you know, that's obviously the easy stack uh, with Gardner Minshew. I think Chark, you know, by himself is a value at 6,600 bucks. So $6,600 Chark, $6,700 Gardner Minshew. That's a, a cheap stack that lets you do a lot at the other positions. Mm-hmm. But you have to drink Bud Light while you're watching it happen. So that's the downside. <laughs> True. Tyler, who do you have at GPP quarterback? I like the Gardner Minshew pick. I think that's going to be a low-owned stack as well. And I, I love the rushing upside that he offers. I'm going to take another kind of version of Gardner Minshew in, in Cam Newton. I just think he's way too cheap at 7300 against a terrible Dolphins defense. And like I said, I like to take risks. And there's a lot of uncertainty with this Patriots offense. We don't know what to expect at all. And Cam Newton is only, what, 31 years old? And I think he's got a lot left in the tank. I think he's going to run in a touchdown. And, I mean, if he if he runs in a score and, and throws a couple more, he could easily be a top-five quarterback on the week. And I just love the matchup. And his price can quickly get above 8000 if he shows any signs of life in these first couple weeks. So I want to get ahead of that rather than chase it later on in the season. Yeah, I like that. I think Carson Wentz is also worth a look at 7700 Deshaun Jackson's obviously going to be highly owned, but you can put him in and also add uh, Zach Ertz or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to differentiate some. Um, and if Carson Wentz really goes off, he's probably bringing more than just Deshaun Jackson with him, or he's bringing Deshaun Jackson with the kind of line that you can't win a tournament without having in your lineup, I would imagine. Yep. At running back, even at $10,000, Christian McCaffrey still leads our dollars per point projections for the position. I would rather go away from him at that price in his first game with the new coaching staff and a new quarterback. But Tyler, are you playing Christian McCaffrey this week? I haven't decided if I'm going to use him in cash. He'll definitely be a part of my GPP player pool. I actually like that game a lot in general, and it's I wrote it up as one of my top stacks of the week. I like Josh Jacobs, I like Darren Waller, and then I like McCaffrey as well. Teddy Bridgewater is just captain checkdown. I think McCaffrey might have more targets and catches than he did last season, which is hard to believe. But I think he has a great chance at 10-plus targets in any given week that they fall behind. So I think at that price... Like you said, he's still leading the points per dollar, and it's it's just tough to fade him. I mean, he crushed all other running backs last year. As another tournament play, I'm going to play Kenyon Drake. He's only 6,600. He had one monster game against them last year. He had 110 rushing yards and a touchdown with 52 receiving yards. And I don't think the Niners' defense is going to be the same. We already talked about we, we kind of like the over on this game. And I just don't know uh, who you'd stack with Kyler Murray. I mean, Hopkins has a tough matchup with Sherman. I'm tempted to play Kyler with Drake and hope he gets a receiving touchdown or two. But I really like Kenyon Drake at that price tag. Yeah, I think Kenyon Drake's $6,600 salary puts him in play even for cash game lineups. He's got workhorse potential here. He had 19 and 22 touches in two meetings with the Niners last year after joining the Cardinals. 5.7 yards per carry there. The Niners have since traded away DeForest Buckner. The Cardinals now have an actual downfield threat and receiver to potentially, you know, take some more guys out of the box. So I think Kenyon Drake is certainly an option across formats on FanDuel this week. I agree. 
Yeah, I, I actually had Drake as my top cash pick. I just think he's underpriced at 6600 bucks. Um, you know, there was the foot issue in August, but he's been out of the walking boot for over a week now. He's not even on the week one injury report, so I don't think the foot's any issue. I think Drake's going to be in for a full, a full work, workload in week one. Of that. Again, I think for the type of volume we're projecting, he's just too cheap at 6600 And the other thing that helps him versus Josh Jacobs, who I mentioned on the DraftKings pod at running back, I think we all mentioned, uh, he's 8200 on FanDuel, so a little bit more expensive on this side still a great bet for touches this week and certainly still in play but you know $1,600 more than Kenyon Drake right Tyler who's your you said Kenyon Drake was your top tournament uh running back yeah I like him for cash and tournaments as well uh for tournaments I wanted to talk about James White he's only 5,300 he's barely over the minimum price there on FanDuel Damian Harris went to IR Sony Michelle has been banged up their Patriots are never willing to give Burkhead a workhorse role and I think James White's going to lead them in snaps. He's been rumored to have a chemistry with Cam Newton throughout training camp. It's been pretty much all Julian Edelman and James White from reading the beat reporters. Yeah, he's a, he's good bet to find the end zone. And at 5,300, we don't need him to do too much. I mean, 15, 17 points, he could be in GPP winning lineups. And I think that's pretty attainable in week one against the Dolphins. Yeah, I was surprised to see how cheap he was here. I think he, it makes him a good option for flex, too, if you're building out your lineup. So it, it's He's not only cheaper just on a pure salary standpoint versus DraftKings, he's even more so when you compare him to the relative prices at the position. Yeah, I think people tend to just write off James White on FanDuel because it's you know, only the half PPR, but especially this week uh, with Damian Harris out, with Sonny Michelle coming back from the foot surgery, I, I could see White getting like eight to 12 carries in this game in addition to his pass catching role. Are you considering playing him in cash? I'm not. I, I just think, you know, there, there's just three running backs I like more than, than James White. So I'm not going to use him in cash, but I think in tournaments, he definitely makes sense. He's going to be low owned. Jared, who do you have a GPP running back? Uh, Aaron Jones for me, 7,800 bucks um, coming in projected at less than 5% ownership. He scored 19 touchdowns last year. That's basically the argument for Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, we expect some regression there, but he, he has that type of touchdown upside. Had two big games against Minnesota last year, 23 and 27 Fando points. So for a decent price and that ownership, I think Jones has the type of upside that can win you a tournament. And we'll see if maybe the Vikings defense is significantly worse against the run this year because there are certainly some changes up front. And they will not have Daniil Hunter at the end spot for week one. So uh, maybe not as scary as they might have been before. I want to get at least a share of Jonathan Taylor here at 5300 bucks. I didn't end up drafting him very much, so I'm not going to have exposure to him. And I have no idea what his touch count is going to be this week. But if he does get the ball in the spot where they're playing what was the second worst run D in the league last year, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, and that was with Calais Campbell in the mix, who is now gone, it's a good spot, especially with the Colts favored by seven and a half points. If Jonathan Taylor does get the ball, he could have a huge game. Uh, and even if he only gets 14 carries, there's a chance that he has a good game on that much work in this spot. So I, I would like to put Jonathan Taylor in at least one lineup and see what happens. Yeah, interesting that Mac is more expensive than Taylor on FanDuel. Taylor more expensive than Mac on DraftKings. So I, I think both guys, you know, both guys have upsides to, you know, go over 100 yards, score a couple touchdowns. So if you're playing on both sides, I think it makes sense to get exposure to both guys and you'd obviously be playing Taylor on FanDuel here. Over at wide receiver, Tyler, what do you like for cash? I like Chris Godwin. I liked him even before Mike Evans went down with the hamstring injury. He's going to be running a lot of his routes in the slot where the Saints hemorrhage points all of last season. 
and he should be mostly avoiding Marshawn Lattimore. I'm not sure if that's going to change now if Mike Evans doesn't play and, and Godwin's going to primarily move outside. But either way, I think he's locked into 10-plus targets. He's the type of receiver that Tom Brady loves throwing to. If he's Tom Brady's one guy that he trusts, I could see Brady locking in on him. And honestly, he'd be my bet to probably lead all of week one wide receivers and targets behind probably only Michael Thomas. Do you like Godwin straight up over Devontae Adams? You know, if they were the same price, they're 300 bucks apart. But Because I, I prefer Adams among those two. Yeah, it's pretty close. I think they're going to get around the same target projection. Yeah, The matchup for Godwin's probably a little bit better, but it is very close. And just with the $300 discount, I'd probably play Chris Godwin on FanDuel and then get Devontae Adams exposure on DraftKings. Makes sense. Jared, what you got to cash wide up? Uh, Deshaun Jackson for me, fifty six hundred bucks. Um, you know, he he checks in as the top dollars per point value based on our Week One projections. Just a good bet to lead Eagles wide receivers and targets, regardless of whether uh, Jalen Rager plays. Seems like the rookie has a shot to play, but I think he he'd be limited to some extent if he does play. So, Djax should have volume on his side and nothing to worry about in this Washington secondary. The only concern is if they can protect Carson Wentz, but as long as Wentz has some time back there, I think Djax should have a big game. I think Henry Ruggs is worth considering in either cash or GPP at 5100 bucks in salaries, $500 less than Deshaun Jackson. He's 12 years younger. He's at <laughs> one quarter of the ownership. The matchup looks even friendlier for him against the Panthers. And the offense has fewer options around him than the Eagles do around Deshaun Jackson. So, I mean, I know there's some risk in that he's a rookie wide receiver in his first game. We really don't know about the target count, but – I feel pretty good about the chances of Ruggs seeing at least six targets in this opening game. And at 5,100, it's not a big bet that he get that he plays a central role in their passing game. Don't hate it. Firm in tournaments, but I do think trying to go cheaper at wide receiver makes sense. So you could play Deshaun Jackson and Henry Ruggs in the same cash lineup. Mm -hmm. So we'll transition over to GPP because I think putting Henry Ruggs and DJ Moore in the same lineup is a good way to go. 7100 bucks for DJ Moore. So it's lower than you might think for his salary. Um, I think he's ninth among main slate wide receivers in salary. He's a true number one talent. He looks like a true number one receiver. And he's heading towards surprisingly low ownership, at least according to the current projections. It's a new system, new quarterback but they should play to his strengths. Lots of short to mid-range targets for DJ Moore, designed to get him in space, designed to let him run after the catch, which he's very good at. The Raiders were the second worst pass defense last year, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. You know, we'll see how much better they got. I think that they will be better, but I don't know that they're going to be that much better. And I'm certainly not betting against DJ Moore on that front in week one. Yeah, DJ Moore is my tournament pick here, too. I'm with you. All the reasons you mentioned, Tyler said that he likes this game. I think it has sneaky shootout potential. So I think, you know, playing guys like DJ Moore with a Henry Ruggs or DJ Moore with a Darren Waller and, um, you know, getting both sides of these passing games. So one week one theme that I haven't discussed yet is just targeting players that I think were undervalued uh, from a season long approach. And to me, that's Tyler Lockett and Calvin Ridley. They were both ranked in my top 15 for redraft leagues. On FanDuel, Tyler Lockett's 6.8K and Ridley's 6.6K. They're in the same game. Uh, I already mentioned how I like this game. And I think those are two guys that you could play together in a correlated lineup stacked with one of the quarterback options there. Yeah, I like it. Tyler, what do you have for cash at tight end? I'm going to go with Zach Ertz. He's just way too cheap. Talked a lot about him on the DraftKings episode. 
He's priced as the tight end four on FanDuel. So he's behind Kittle, Andrews, Waller. He gives you a $1,400 discount compared to George Kittle. I think you're going to need that salary this week without too much glaring value. He's $800 cheaper than Mark Andrews and then $200 cheaper than Waller. I think he's going to get eight plus targets. Carson Wentz loves throwing to Zach Ertz, especially when he doesn't trust the wide receivers. He's made a history of having good games against the Redskins. So I think you could pretty safely use Ertz in, in cash and GPPs. Yeah, I agree. Five plus catches in six of his past seven meetings with Washington, and he's headed for low ownership. It's like 4% right now, and I don't think it's going to climb a lot higher because of everybody playing Deshaun Jackson, more people playing Miles Sanders, and even more people probably playing Dallas Goddard than Zach Ertz. Goddard is cheaper, so I agree with Zach Ertz in any format. Yeah, I, I like Zach Ertz. I think he's underpriced. Uh, my, my cash game play, though, is Chris Herndon, who you know, saves you $2,000 from Zach Ertz. Um, Herndon's not quite the value on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings this week, but he, uh, Herndon still checks in as the top dollars per point value at tight end. Actually a tough matchup against the Bills. Uh, Buffalo's been top 11 in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends in all three seasons under uh, Sean McDermott, but it's, it's really just a volume play. You know, Chris Herndon had the buzzy training camp. Seems like he's you know already one of Darnold's favorite targets. And with Rashad Perriman and Denzel Mims banged up and one of them facing Tredavious White, I just think you're going to see most of the targets funneled to the middle of the field to Chris Herndon and Jameson Crowder. I think Chris Hernan's fine if you need the salary savings. I think if it's if you're okay to get up to 5,300, I like the group of TJ Hawkinson, Hayden Hurst, and Jack Doyle better than than Herndon because of that matchup that you mentioned. Yep. I think Hunter Henry's also in play at 6,000. Really, there's a pretty wide range of tight end options this week that can kind of fit in. So for me, more than focusing on any one player, you know, more than outside of, say, Zach Ertz, I, I'm going to build elsewhere and then see what fits for me at tight end on FanDuel this week. Yeah, Hunter Henry's a guy like for tournaments. I think you know he's reasonably priced at six thousand bucks. He actually comes in as the fourth best dollars per point value. Um, Mike Williams is either going to be out or limited in week one, so I think that you know should push an extra target or three Hunter Henry's way. And the matchup's good against the Bengals. Cincinnati was twenty eighth in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings last year. They added safety Von Bell, who might be their primary tight end coverage guy, but he was not good in PFFs. Uh, coverage grades last year. So I still think the Bengals are going to be a favorable matchup for tight ends. Yeah. At the very least, we should treat them as such until they show that they're not. Tyler, you got any other tight end picks before we move on? My tight end strategy on FanDuel is very similar to the one on DraftKings. I'm going to pay up for Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, and George Kittle. Probably going to be the most overweight on Kittle, even with that price tag. I think he could just break the slate. Great matchup. Going to see a lot of volume. I think there's a lot of TD regression coming his way, as well as Travis Kelsey this year. I think they're both going to score double-digit touchdowns finally after having a down year last year. The one cheap guy I would go with is Jack Doyle. We talked about him on the DraftKings show as well. He's just going to offer you savings at 5300 all he really needs is 15 points there and he could he could be in the optimal lineup thank you for mentioning him because we can't ever wait for jared <laughs> to bring him up for some reason over at flex tyler you said you like to play three running backs in your lineup do you have any particular favorites for this week yeah i'm definitely going to be playing a lot of josh jacobs the matchup is just way too good to ignore i do like austin eckler against the Bengals, and then todd Gurley. now's the time to play him week one when he's healthy going up against a crappy defense in the Seahawks. We just don't know too much. I mean, Julio said he looked great in practice, so let's roll out some Todd Gurley in week one and hope <laughs> the, the knee holds up. Oh, yeah. 
Jared, what you got? Uh, I like Josh Jacobs along with Tyler. Um, I like Dalvin Cook. Um, I think we should at least mention Antonio Gibson. He's 4,600 bucks on FanDuel. I think he makes less sense on FanDuel because we don't need those savings versus on DraftKings. So I probably won't be using Gibson outside of maybe tournaments. We talked about Henry Ruggs as a cheap wide receiver. I think Marquise Brown also at 5,800 bucks. Um, it's, it's a tough-ish matchup for Brown against a pretty solid group of Browns cornerbacks, but at 5,800 bucks, um, especially now that he's you know, probably as healthy as we've seen him as a Raven, um, you know, there's obviously a high ceiling there. Yeah, I'll throw out James White again. For me, I mean, unless I really can't afford to get from Antonio Gibson to James White, James White is the proven version of what we hope Antonio Gibson is going to be this week. So I would much rather play uh, James White and just leave Gibson and see what he is after this week and, and decide. Some of the guys that we didn't really touch on as much, I think there's a lot to choose from in the 6K range at wide receiver this week. Uh, you mentioned DJ Chark back in the quarterback section, but Tyler Boyd at 6,100, DK Metcalf at 64, Terry McLaurin at 65. I think all those guys are in contention either for a wide receiver spot or for a flex spot, especially in a GPP lineup. Yeah, all those guys are going to be in my player pool. I definitely like to spread out the wide receiver position more than the other ones. And then I wanted to ask you guys about uh, James Robinson because Jay Gruden just came out, the offensive coordinator of the Jaguars, and said he's going to be the guy. He's min price on FanDuel, so he might be interesting along. I mean, if you could have a lineup with James Robinson and Antonio Gibson, you could play whoever else you wanted. If they're the guy, I might consider it. Yeah, again, I think the cheap running backs are, are less valuable on FanDuel. Just, you know, the, the salary isn't as tight. Um, and, you know, we talk about wanting touchdowns on FanDuel. Even as the lead back, I don't think James Robinson is a good touchdown bat on that Jacksonville offense. I'll be curious to see what the weekend ownership projection is for James Robinson because there has been a lot of focus on that situation for a team that's just not set up well to actually maximize a running back's value. I, it, it's tough for me to say, yeah, I want some James Robinson. It really, I mean, if I'm building one lineup, then I can't say that I feel good about putting Robinson in it. But, you know, if I'm spreading around the exposure a little bit, I guess it would make sense for me to have a Robinson lineup there. I still prefer Antonio Gibson if you're looking to, you know, take one of those super cheap running backs. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's just this report came out and it, it's intriguing to, see, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it doesn't come as a surprise to me because Raquel Armstead's on the COVID list. Divino Zigbo's on IR. So, I mean, it's it's Robinson, Chris Thompson, and Dario Ogunbowale. And, you know, Thompson and Ogunbowale are both, you know, smaller pass catching guys. So, I think the assumption all along should have been that Robinson was going to handle most of the ball carrying work for Jacksonville this week. On defense, Tyler, what are you looking to do this week? I like the Chargers. Talked about it a lot. I just think they're going to be making it a miserable debut for Joe Burrow. I think they're going to be in the backfield tormenting him, and then they got the secondary on the back end to match up well with those wide receivers. Another defense I like is the Lions. They're only 3,700, and they're going up against Trubisky. I know Trubisky's had success against them in the past, but we all know he's a little reckless with the ball. He can fumble, and he's prone to interceptions at any time. Colts at 3,700 as well against Jacksonville, I think, are a very attractive defense option this week. Yeah, the Colts will be where I start. I mean, if I if I have an extra 500 bucks, I'd prefer the Chargers, but um, I think the Colts are the cheapest defense I feel good about for cash games. Yeah, so starting that cheap range, if I have money left over, I'm considering the Bills, even though they're expensive at 4,700. I think they have the highest ceiling this week facing the Jets at home. Yeah, definitely a good tournament play there. You know, high upside, and I think the price will, will depress the ownership on Buffalo. 
Tyler, do you start with as cheap a defense as you can go that, you know, is at least somewhat attractive and then uh, go up from there or you just pick out a favorite defense and, and include it as part of your build? I like to pick my favorite defense at a reasonable price tag, and I think the Chargers are just such a glaring option this week. Honestly, the cheapest defense I would use is, is the Washington uh, football team at 3400 I think they have a pretty good mismatch with their defensive line going up against the Eagles offensive line dealing with some injuries. They got a pretty solid front seven and they drafted Chase Young to to go with it. And like I said, they're just 3,400. So that's going to give you flexibility at other positions. But yeah, for me, it's, it's mostly the chargers. Um, if I'm paying up, it's going to be Baltimore this week for sure. Well, that's going to do it for this week one FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get cash game recommendations from Kevin. to get tournament picks from Tyler. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in week one of the Shark Duel in the free post for this podcast. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse at Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS, it's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaufkin. Thanks so much for swimming with us.